This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 194, how to decide between a free language exchange and an English lesson. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection, when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. In this episode, we'll talk about what language exchanges are and three things you should consider when you decide whether to start a language exchange or to hire an English teacher. Get our advice today. Wondering about your fluency level? Take our simple English fluency quiz and find out if you're 50% fluent, 65% fluent, or 80% fluent. Plus, get ready for an exciting new course release coming up in early June. Learn from real English conversations so you can finally get competent. Take the quiz at allearsenglish.com slash fluency score. Hey there, Aubrey. How's everything going today? Hi, great. How are you? Awesome. The sun is shining in my world and it's almost the weekend. So I'm excited for that. Nice. <laughs> oh man, October is just the best. Yes. Uh, yes. I know a lot of places have like leaves that change and I need to go mm. up north so I can see that. I feel like that's yeah. does good for your soul to see all the colors and that doesn't really happen good. here. Yeah, I mean, New England sort of has a trademark on that on on, you know, the fall. Yes. It's just so gorgeous. But yeah, I guess Colorado has some decent uh, foliage as well. So just depends on where you go. Mm-hmm, right? For sure. Yes. Right. If it's getting cold enough, depends on the types of trees that thrive there. When we lived in New York City, we would drive up toward Canada. And man, the colors oh, of the leaves yeah. were just gorgeous. Such deep reds. So pretty. Oh, yeah. That's another place. It's not exactly New England, but upstate New York has some we've spent some Mm -hmm. falls over there it is just it's beautiful the lakes there you know you can go to the lakes region and see the leaves and also lake placid i was there once in the fall gorgeous wow that's so awesome and then when you're at a lake all those leaves reflecting in the water it's just breathtaking it's all stunning good stuff so guys if you want to see great foliage go to the northeastern or the southeastern united states that's where i would go but i think all over the world i remember in japan there was some incredible foliage in the area around mount fuji Ooh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah sure. Japanese maples were just gorgeous. So, but let's get into something else today, Aubrey. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. When you were learning French, now, did you work more with like native exchanges, like just having a language exchange with a native speaker, or did you do more the teacher route? Did you hire a teacher or both? I did both. Yeah, for sure. Because I wanted those social exchanges. I wanted to be able to talk with friends in mm-hmm. French. So I was intentionally meeting people to be able to speak French with. Yeah. Um, but then I also signed up for a class in Belgium in Brussels, where yeah. it was much more structured. It was a teacher focusing a little more on grammar, um, you know, rather than just conversation. So it's kind okay. of was the best of both worlds. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I did the same thing with Japanese and also Spanish in in Tokyo. I had I went to this school. It's like this morning, like a volunteer school where um, these Japanese housewives were teaching uh, teaching expats Japanese. Oh. It was like in a, it wasn't a church, but it was a community center. I think it was even free or very cheap. And I would go and hang out with them for like three hours before going into work. And so that was, but they were actual teachers, right? They had mm-hmm. some experience teaching. And then I had my language exchanges on the weekend where I would have fun, go to a fun part of the city, go have lunch with my exchange partner, have a fun coffee, right? Kind of more like an event, a social event. Yes. Yeah, it's so tricky because I think those language exchanges, they're they're popular because they are so fun. It's yeah. such low pressure, low stakes. You're just connecting, you're communicating. This is really ideal and yes. they're free, but they yes. do have some downfalls. If you don't also have some kind of, you know, instructor, an expert, a teacher that's helping, sometimes that can be better in some ways. So it'll be interesting to talk about. Yeah, we're going to go into three kind of downfalls of the language exchange. And I think, you know, as long as we know what each thing is for the class and the language exchange, we're good. But when we try to mix them and we try to make our language exchange everything, We try to make our language exchange partner our teacher. That's when we get into trouble because we're trying to get a free lesson, right? Which doesn't happen. (laughs) Exactly. We've had students that have said, you know, it's such a mistake to ask your language speaking partner to correct your grammar because that might be really awkward for them and they're not a teacher. They're not a teacher. yeah, Yeah, you don't want that to be the focus. Yeah, I mean, they, your language exchange partner, they're going to know why you said something wrong. They're going to know that it was wrong, but they're not going to know why. Sorry, let me say that again. They're probably not going to know why it was wrong or how to explain. So all they're going to say is that was wrong. (laughs) And then you may get frustrated. I know a lot of students Mm -hmm. want an explanation. You're not going to get that. Yeah. And also they might not even notice the mistakes because they're not focusing on your grammar. They're focusing on communicating, having this interesting conversation. So they're not going to catch all of your mistakes and they probably don't want to focus on catching your mistakes. Mm, It's so true. It should be a much more social thing, I think. Yeah. Um, So, okay. Three things that we could, could bring us down that we need to be careful of. What's number one, Aubrey? Yeah. So first is the training, right? Mm -hmm. The average native speaker of English speaks the language, but just like you said, even if it's a native speaker, your language speaking partner, they likely won't be able to clearly explain grammar, right? The difference Mm -hmm. between past perfect and simple present. And most, most English speakers I know don't, they, they know it sounds wrong, but they don't know why. Yeah. And they honestly, they don't, they're also not going to want to take the time to learn that. If you ask them like next time, could you explain the simple past versus the present perfect? They're probably not going to show up for the next. Right. It's (laughs) boring. To be honest, right? Because they're there to have fun. They're there to learn about your culture, to, to talk about their own culture. I think we should think of this as more of a cultural exchange than anything. Exactly, right? You're making that connection, you're making friends, and you're really going to be absorbing that language because you're not focused on the grammar, you're not focused on correcting each other. Mm. But just like you said, you're going to maybe lose that speaking partner, lose that friend if you're trying to put them in the place of being a trained teacher. Yeah. And I would add one before we go into the next one, I would add something like location of the learning, right? A lot of times when I did my language exchanges, it was in a noisy cafe. It yeah. was in, we'd, we'd go for a walk through the big parks in Tokyo. We'd go to a restaurant in a busy part of Shinjuku, right? So 
If you feel like you're a person that needs a quiet classroom, you're probably not going to get that with a language exchange. So that's the other thing you need to be careful of. Don't Mm -hmm. try to make your language exchange in a quiet classroom. You're not going to get it. Yeah, exactly. And that would be kind of a boring language exchange. If you're like, let's meet in a quiet classroom. No, that's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So what's the third thing that that could be a downfall of a language exchange? So the I think the second one, right? We talked about training, second but yeah. second is time. So yeah. like a short-term arrangement mm-hmm. is good for conversation exercise, mm-hmm. but it's not really long enough even to do grammar review to really learn something and practice it. So if you're wanting to really dive into that, you need more time. You need a class that's going to be longer, that's going to be able to dedicate enough time to something like that. Oh my gosh. And I could see other things here too. You know, if if you come to a language exchange and you say to your partner, hey, I want to review the whole, all the tenses in the back of the textbook Oof. in these 10 weeks, the time is a problem because here's what's going to happen. Okay. You have your first language exchange on a Wednesday evening. Great. That was fun. Let's meet next week. You get a call. Sorry, I have to cancel. I'm on a business trip <laughs> the right. week after that. Okay. Let's meet over here instead where you can't bring your textbook. Again, the problem is we're trying to fit. What is that expression? And Aubrey fit a square peg into a round hole. What what is that? Yes, right. right? It's just it's, two things that don't fit together. You can't get a square peg to go into a round <laughs> hole. So we use this <laughs> idiom when you're trying to make two things fit together, like a social yeah. language exchange that's really fun, just mm-hmm. cannot fit with a serious lesson yeah. that is yeah focusing on on grammar and trying to improve specifics of the language. Yeah. And you, you know, people are busy. People have families. They have to cancel because it's a free, fun social exchange. That person is not necessarily going to prioritize me. I've had so many language exchanges just canceled. I said, okay, yeah. no problem. Right. Yeah, That's you don't how, mind because it's just yeah. a social, you know, you're just. Yeah, socially improving your language. So that's okay if that gets pushed. But if it's a lesson that you're spending time on maybe preparing for, you want that to be prioritized more. Exactly. So you can't have the language exchange be the foundation of your learning plan. I think it's fantastic as the gravy. (laughs) right? It's the it's the icing on the cake, but it's not the foundation. Exactly. And then the third thing is the intention, right? Yeah. What is the intention of the native speaker of if you have a language exchange with an English speaker, are they wanting to do it for fun? Or is their intention to be a teacher to be more serious, right? Is it scheduled help about something focused, then Mm -hmm. you're going to want to be compensating them for their time if they're in the situation of a teacher. But if it's just a social language exchange, that's not their intention to be a teacher. So if you really think about, oh, what's in it for them? Oh, they want to be my friend. They're doing this for fun. Then you can't treat them like a teacher. Yeah. The other thing you got to be careful about with a language exchange is (laughs) sometimes people are looking for dates. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good point. (laughs) I saw this a lot. It didn't really happen to me, but I saw it happen a lot. I heard a lot of stories in Japan where, you know, a guy from the US or, or England was kind of just looking to meet women and he was setting it up as a language exchange, but really he just wanted to go on dates with them. (laughs) Yeah, this definitely happened to me. It happened to me once in Belgium. I'm like, (laughs) chatting in French and then um, he wanted to go to Carnival 
in yeah. Amsterdam and okay. wanted it to be an overnight date. I realized, oh, this is different. Oh. This is not what I thought it was. <laughs> I got to be clear here. <laughs> this can get really murky just because yeah. you do have the cultural cues and nuances that you may right. be missing, that he may be sending you, right? That mm-hmm. you're missing them. For sure. Um, or you're sending him the blocks, right? But he's not picking up on them. So with a teacher, you know, and obviously you're paying for a lesson, you're setting up a plan, there's no question what's going on. Exactly, right? right? Yep. Then you have this structured course. It's very clear for everyone what's happening here. Yeah. It's a really good point that there's different, you know, cues and, and tone yes. of voice sometimes in a different language that might not come across. <laughs> so you may be unintentionally sending the wrong cues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just have to work. We have to watch out for that for sure. But Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure our listeners know we are not saying don't do a language exchange. They're awesome. That's a big part of why I think both of us, Aubrey, I I became really strong in Spanish and you become nearly fluent. It sounds like fully fluent in French, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Because of language exchanges. Yeah. Yeah. Because language exchanges, you're taking those opportunities to actually speak with real people whenever you have the chance. That is the best source for learning. Exactly. So it's like with your teacher, you kind of build your foundation, but with your language exchange, you exchange, you humanize it. You make it a, an alive, living, breathing language. That's yeah. how we should think of it. So exactly. you know, maybe two yeah. lessons a week and one exchange a week and do that for a year. You're golden. Yes, exactly. Right. Oh, so fun. I'm excited for you guys. If you don't have a language exchange partner, find one, right? You can yes. find one with meetup groups. You can find yeah. one on the All Ears English Facebook page, whether yeah. it's online, Skype, or someone in the town where you live. Definitely yeah. prioritize this, but make sure you're doing it with the right intention on both sides. Definitely. I love that. And before we finish up today, Aubrey, let our listeners know where they can find you. What yes. other podcast are you on? Yeah, IELTS Energy is our other podcast that focuses more on IELTS preparation. Jessica was an examiner for 14 years, so she has all this inside information about the exam that she's passed on to me. Mm -hmm. So if you are prepping for the IELTS or might be in the next couple of years, you don't want to miss this podcast, three episodes every week. So follow us, IELTS Energy. All right, awesome. And we'll see you on the next episode, Aubrey. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks. See ya. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.